Uh, good morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt Bergen. I'm also one of the pastor elders here at Christ Community Church. And I uh, just want to take a little a few minutes this morning and, and share a little bit of, about me and, and uh, a little bit of my story. Um, of course, my wife Katie and I, we've been going here for, gosh, pretty much since the beginning, um, when back at the old Southside days. And uh, we've got three kids, Baker, Bennett, and uh, Parker, and they're all either in here or back there running around. Um, I want to come this morning and talk about uh, just my life and some things that have gone on. And you know, some of you may know this story, some of you may not. But uh, summer of 2004, summer between my sophomore and junior year of college, I was in a really bad car wreck. I uh, got hit by a drunk driver. And uh, uh, you know what was to me at the time when the when the accident happened, we were we were following somebody who I thought I was I needed to talk to. It was about 11:30 at night. I just picked my sister up from a uh, bonfire she was at. And we were, uh, we were headed to, to my house, had a friend with me. And uh, so anyway, we were following, I thought I saw a truck, somebody I knew I needed to talk to. Of course, you know, 15 years ago, cell phones weren't everything. You know, you had them, but it wasn't like you just texted somebody. So I, I was gonna talk to him. Well, there was a car in, coming the other way, and they were in, the other, in, in our lane, and they swerved to miss that truck. Well, they went off the road, overcorrected, came right in front of us, and I hit them. I mean, right between the tires, uh, you know, T-bone to, to the definition, um, right between the tires of that, right, of that car on the passenger side. Um, my steering wheel column broke down, you know, broke both femurs, right tibia, fibia from pushing down on the brake. But, you know, and everybody says the femur is one of the most painful bones you can break. Because the way the, this, this is set up, this muscle is, is stretched all the time. And when that femur breaks, it kind of goes like that and that muscle contracts. So they say it's really painful. I had such a peace, though, and, and a calm that I just felt God there, and, and I was not in any pain. Um, my sister, who was in the back seat, did not have her seatbelt on, which, you know, you should do that. Um, but she was partially through the windshield, so her neck, the glass was around her neck. The only thing that kept her from going all the way out is her foot got caught between the seat and the console. Other than that, she would have been fully ejected from the car. Um, I mean, that's, that's God right there. No other explanation of her foot getting caught than God being in the car. So I grew up in EMS stuff. My dad was an EMT. He was a deputy sheriff, DES director for Shelby County. So I always carried a medical kit in my car, just, just grew up with that. So my first thought is, I need, to, I need to get in the trunk. I need to get that out. My door opened, went to move. My legs didn't go with me. So something's, something's not right. So I picked my legs up and set them out of the car, and they just kind of fold in. So, not getting to the back of the car. Not going to happen right now. Um, but still, just a total peace, total calm, total control of the situation. Uh, someone came up on us, and, you know, they were hysterical. And I just, I just kind of like said, you need to leave. You know, you're not helping. Just call 911 and go away. And then the friend that was with me, she was getting hysterical and combative, and I was afraid she was going to bother Kelly because she's, you know, through a windshield. So we got to really protect this situation. And her door wouldn't open, so they pulled her out of the window because it had broken. Um, and so just, just thinking, I put Kelly's hip on my shoulder just to keep her spine in line just until someone got there. Um, but it, everything was just calm, and, and I just was in control the whole time, and I just felt God in that situation. Um, EMS got there, and growing up in that stuff, I knew, I knew all of them. The guy came around the car, and he knew it was me. He was like, are you good? And I said, yeah, get me out quick. So he just put me on his shoulder and got me out of there so they could get to Kelly. 
which was the main concern. She wasn't really responsive then. Um, so they wanted to get to her quick. So they get me out. They, uh, they get her out of the car. Stat flight comes. We're out in Baghdad, by the way. This is where this happened. You could literally see my parents' house, you know, less than a mile from where the wreck happened. Um, so they get her out of the car. They want to put us in a stat flight to get us to Louisville quickly. The, uh, the flight nurse did not want to put my sister on the helicopter because she was a little combative. And they were afraid, um, you know, she be, would be an issue. Um, again, knowing most of the emergency workers there, they had a not-so-friendly conversation with that flight nurse. And we both flew to Louisville um, in that helicopter together. We took her to Cozair Me to UofL. Um, UofL's level one trauma center, I think 15 years ago, was the only one in the state. Now UK also has one. Um, so they take great care of you. And I remember everything up until this point. I got there. They... Uh, you know, they were cutting my shorts off. They were going to put me in traction, talking to me. And he went to cut my shorts. He said, what about this belt? You want to keep it? I said, well, yeah, I just got that. Still wearing it today. <laughs> but that's about the last thing I remember that day. Um, so they put me in traction, which is where they stretch your legs back out to pull that bone back out. I passed out when that happened and was kind of in and out the next day and ended up spending about two weeks at UofL. Um, my surgeon was very, very good. Um, I had to have fixators put in so I had basically what that is is there's a bar on the outside of your leg and then like two pins one on top one on the bottom to keep that bone from moving so I had one here one here and one here um, and while I was in the hospital at UofL they took each of these out and put a rod inside the bone to, to let it heal um, my surgeon anytime he come in the room his bedside manners weren't the best but he was really good he'd have about 10 residents walking behind him and uh Remember, he came in, I still had this fixator in, hadn't really even stood up at this point. And he was like, well, we're going to send you home, and, and we'll start therapy and do stuff. And, like, everyone behind him looking at each other like, he can't do that. So we talked him into sending me over to Baptist East. I went there for a few weeks um, of rehab. Uh, I had to go back and get this fixator taken out and the rod put back in it. Um, so all in toll, I guess a year later, they went back and took the rods back out. They said, at that time, I was so young, if I were to break it again, it would just shatter that bone. So they want to go ahead and get them out. So I don't have any more metal. Um, I don't set off any alarms. But, uh, but that was about a year later when we did those. So it was a lot of therapy, a long road. Um, but, you know, I would have people ask me, you know, that's not fair. Or they'd say, you know, that's just not fair what happened to you. Well, you didn't deserve that. And, you know, I never struggled with that. It was never something that was a burden to me for what happened. And I think because of two things, well, three things. Number one, you know, God was in my heart. And I think from the beginning of that wreck, I felt him. From the moment it happened, he was there. And I felt him throughout, I mean, until now. But, like, in that car, he was there with me. I was total control, total peace. I just felt him there. Um, so from that point, I think that's the number one reason I never struggled with the situation and, and, you know, saying that's not fair. Number two, from the time it happened until the day I went home, I was by myself for maybe 15 minutes. I had a family member, a friend with me every minute of the time I was in the hospital for five or six weeks. There was one time my grandparents were there. My mom was coming, so I said, we well, all go ahead and leave. She'll be here 30 minutes or so. They left, and like 20 minutes later came walking back in. My cousin had been in a wreck, so my mom was with my aunt at the hospital in Shelbyville, so they stayed. That's literally the only time of five weeks in the hospital and rehab that I was alone. And, and that was huge, you know. And then also being in, 
a hospital, being in a rehab center, I saw so many people that were worse than I was, you know? Yeah, like, I'm learning to walk again, but there were people in there that weren't going to walk again, you know? There were people in there learning how to feed themselves again. You know, there's so, there was just so many people that I just saw in my eyes that were so much worse than I was. And so, you know, I never felt sorry for myself. I never felt that, you know, it's not fair what happened to me. Still don't to this day. It's never been something that, that I look back on. Because, you know, I, I think looking back, so if that doesn't happen to me, I may not be here right now, you know. I may, Katie and I may never have met. We really didn't meet till after this happened. You know, that, our kids may not be here. So, you know, looking back and reflecting on that, like, man, look at the blessings we have because it did happen. And my sister goes around and talks to other school, to schools across the state about drunk driving. She's written a book. She actually went, uh, the guy that hit us served some time in prison because um, the passenger in his car, she, she died in the crash. Um, and, of course, we were all injured. Um, so he spent a few years in prison, actually just got out, I want to say two years ago. So he spent about 13, 14 years. Um, but she actually went and met with him and went to the jail, talked to him. Um, and he, he, when she went and visited him, he pinky promised that he wasn't going to drink again. So that's her book, and that's her message that she delivers. Actually, I've got one of her pink bracelets that says, I pinky promise. And so that's what she goes around to schools and talks about that with high school kids. And we've got, you know, she's got the video from the wreck, and we, she shows that, and she talks about what happened. And so, you know, there's been such a big impact from what happened. And that's how I've, I've always looked at it. I've never thought, man, you know, why me? But look at it, man, you know, thank you, God. I, yeah, it was, it was a difficult time, but, man, look at the blessings that have come from that. And so, um, really, just wanted to share that with you guys this morning uh, about that situation and, and what happened, and, you know, I know times are always tough. Things we go through are not always fun, um, but God is always there. And, you know, just trust in him and follow him, and he'll be there. Thank you.